What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another edition of the Sunday League Screamers podcast. I'm your host of today's show, Steve McCutcheon, along with my one co-host, Vito Anazelli. We have another great show for you, but before that, please take a moment, hit the bell, subscribe to us on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever else you find your podcast. Also, give us a follow on Twitter at the SL Screamers underscore pod. We are one man down for today's show. Mike is out partying up in Las Vegas. Just getting that work trip. Probably Jealous. also partying. Um, but let's just hop right into news and notes, man. Obviously, both Chelsea fans here, so we can ignore Mike on this one. But congrats to us on winning the Club World Cup. <laughs> do you, uh, out of curiosity, man, do you think this trophy is worth anything? I saw a lot of banter on Twitter recently. Um, man City is sitting there opening up a 16-point gap on us at the top of the table. And we're sitting off there in the Middle East playing a, I'm not going to say a Carabao level cup but Less. realistically yeah i don't know yeah i mean i mean it's always great to win a trophy especially a trophy that is it's so elusive to most clubs because you can only get there by going through the champions league for all these european teams so i i wouldn't i wouldn't say it's it's a pointless trophy obviously um but i do understand what you're saying with the carabao cup the, i mean the level of competition over there the European teams don't even get involved until the semis at that point, you know, so that that's, so, yeah. that kind of speaks volumes to, I guess, the level of it. But, you know, it's always nice to add something to the trophy cabinet that officially completed Chelsea's collection for every possible piece of silverware that they are they're eligible for. Then um, there's only a handful of clubs in the world that have accomplished that. So in that sense, I think it's, it's worth something. But um, do you think it's worth the potential for injuries and other things of that nature? Because now Mason Mount got hurt. Um, and coming back to the Premier League with a cup final at the end of February against Liverpool and, you know, a run of Premier League games where they're trying to cement a top four spot that that do you think that takes its toll or is it what point is it not worth it? I mean, for the club in general, I think it's worth it. Like you said, like they completed they, they literally completed the like around the world pretty much like they conquered every trophy now at this point. Um like Roman Abramovich probably slighted, I mean, what's it been 18, 19 years since he took over and he's done this now. So from a, from a club standpoint, I think it's cool from a importance level, given where we are in the table and the season ahead of us, we have, like you said, a Carabao cup final, we have champions league coming up, not this week, but we play the following week uh, for the knockout rounds. We're sitting third in the table, probably can't reach first by any means. I don't think at this point, but we have to stay top four. We can't drop we can't drop too much so yeah to me it takes a backseat mm-hmm. to what because it doesn't guarantee anything right if it guaranteed you'd be in the champions league next year okay or something like something along those lines mm-hmm. it just we're looking ahead to 2022 2023 season right now yeah this has nothing to do with that yeah i i'm with you i think it it's cool to have the trophy and it's it's obviously important to add silverware to the cabinet but Ultimately, if you had to pick one trophy for your team to win this season, that probably wouldn't be in the top three or four. Uh, you're looking Champions League, Premier League. You're looking at yeah, Champions League, Premier League, FA Cup, and then probably Club World Cup. I was. I would even put the UEFA Super Cup above it. Tough, actually tough. Higher, That's... higher level of competition than the UEFA Europa League champions. At least on level footing, somewhere around there, you know. Yeah, because you, you do see the Europa League champions yeah. sometimes win that too as well. Um, yeah, you, you can argue it's not top three easily. Yeah. Um, speaking of that, we do have Champions League. First off, Man City today, 5-0 win over Sporting. Just straight poop fest on them. That game was over by probably the first 30 minutes. Maybe oh, maybe yeah, 100%. Next. Sweet volley by uh, Bernardo Silva. Did you see that? Yeah, that was nice. Raheem Sterling Curler. I mean, 
it's just it's so typical of city like they don't do anything flashy like most most of their goals yeah do they have bangers now and again of course when you have players like kevin de bruyne you can hit him from 30 out no problem that's going to happen time and time but the way they play is just so enticing because most of their goals just come from like tapping inside the box because they just work it so well or and are so organized and positionally perfect that it's they're the perfect example of you don't need flashy plays to win, to be a dominant force in football. Like you don't, it kind of like, a, in my opinion, almost like a page out of Bayern Munich. They're just like a, just a perfectly well-oiled machine, just top to bottom. And they, they I, play so beautiful. And I hate fucking yeah. saying that. I mean, honest. did you, did you think there was going to be another outcome going into that match? <laughs> you, you hope, you hope for the minnows, man. You're really, you're really pulling for yeah, sport. Yeah. It, it just, it was no shot. Um, it, it feels like just a typical Man City Pep Guardiola season right now for, they started off a little slower, nothing crazy, and then little by little, then you get to the winter months when everyone else seems to be slowing up or dropping results. They're full throttle, winning five nil, four nil, two. It just doesn't matter at this point. They they're like you said, well oiled machine right now. Let me ask you then. Um, I don't know if you had a chance to watch uh, Guardiola's interview, uh, his presser after the match, and uh, one of the questions was whether or not he was they were favorites, and his his argument was last year they won twelve games, drew one. And only lost one, which was the final. And it doesn't end with silverware. So, yeah, maybe they were best on paper, you know, the highest performing results. But it's a Champions League and there's no such thing as a favorite when it's all, you know, when it push comes to shove. Do you think that's deflection by him? And oh, of course. The credentials? Well, well, or do you think he's like, look, we've been – teams have been in the position. It's a, it's a tournament. Anything could happen at any time. It's hard to put anyone first in that position, right? You have Man City, you got Bayern, you got a team like PSG. Like, don't get me wrong. There are other very high competitive teams. But as a good manager, yeah, you're not going to go out there and say, yeah, we're the favorites and just put a target on your back. That'd be absolutely stupid. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, yeah, he's been in front of the camera and the media way long enough to know what to say and what not to say. So, are they favorites? I, hmm. hard to pick anyone else other than Byron at this point. Yeah, I I would put them as mine, my number one right now. I'm with you. Uh, Second place in Premier League, they are facing off with Inter Milan, uh, Liverpool, Inter. Um, Inter's also in second place in their league, but they have a, they're only point behind in a game in hand on AC Milan. Um, kind of cool to see see uh, Italy right now with how many different teams are competing for potential of the title. Um, yeah, it's, it's great. Really dominated. It feels like the old Syria where you have yes. the, the the Milans at the top. You have Napoli, Juventus right around there. I mean, obviously Atalanta are playing through their skulls too. So I, I, you know, full credit to them. And even it feels like pre twenty twelve, well. pretty much. Yeah, yeah. If prior to the scandal, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um. But no, you're right. This is going to be a really interesting, really interesting uh, match, I think. AC, uh, Inter Milan have only let up 20 goals in 24 games in Serie A so far, which is, I think, the second second best record behind Napoli at this point. And obviously with Liverpool's press, it's going to be interesting to see if they can break them down because when you think about a couple teams, it, for me at least, when I think about a couple teams with just a staunch, stellar defense, you think about the old Juventuses with Chiellini and Bonucci that were just playing, you know, out of their minds. And obviously the Diego Simeone, Atletico Madrid's. Um, but I think next on that list for me, it's got to be like an Inter Milan team. Like these guys are incredible in defense. And I think one of the best in Europe. So Liverpool don't get a test like this very often. Tough draw for them coming in first place, right? It's probably one of the only second place teams you really, really, okay. really would, you're at, like angry to get drawn against, to be honest, in my opinion. Um, live uh, Real Madrid top that group, that's why Inter came in second, but um, yeah, now it's gonna be a tough draw for them. You have guys coming off international break, they had a few games to kind of reacclimate themselves to the squad and everything, so that shouldn't be too much of an issue. They're kind of coming to this one full strength. It, 
but I still feel like it's a toss up. Like I wouldn't yeah. put either team ahead of each other and be like, yeah, I think you're winning this. Like I could see, I, I legitimately feel like this is very close to 50, 50. Yeah. I think it's Liverpool will end up pipping it just slightly purely by this, the, the caliber of player they have at each position compared to Inter Milan. But I don't think in, by any means this is going to be a straightforward match. Like most people say, like, Obviously, Liverpool are, are, in my opinion, top probably four or five teams in the world at this point. Interlam, maybe top 10. But I'm curious if the AFCON is going to take its toll on Mane and Salah. Um, they haven't played that many games together in the past two months with that whole squad. So I wonder where the synergy is at. I imagine it's, it's probably fine. But um, do you think this is marked for you as potential upset of the round? with Liverpool going out if, if Inter Milan could take it? It's hard to call it an upset, in my opinion. Like, an upset, like, I yeah. would see, like, Salzburg taking down Bayern That'll or be- Lille taking down Chelsea, something along those lines. But, like, these are so two well, evenly well-matched teams that it's tough to call that an upset. But I guess, yeah, if, like, on paper, if you're looking at it, like you said, Liverpool, I guess, is the better squad. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I wouldn't consider it the upset of the, of the round, though. Okay. Unless every other team, first place team won, and then yeah, then I guess yeah, yeah. <laughs> your default thing. But yeah, yeah. Um, nah, I they're so evenly well matched. Um, uh, moving on, we have Chelsea Man U. They begin next week in the round of sixteen. Chelsea host Lille, uh, as just mentioned, and then Man U go away to uh, Athletic to start the uh, round of sixteen off. Um, good good draw for Chelsea. Man U definitely a tough one as well. Athletic goes never an easy knockout stage team to play. Definitely. Uh, let's go over to our stars and stripes section. We head over to the United States men's national team, different uh, standout performances and players. First off, I really want to cover the pool sick comments. Um, mm-hmm. Basically along the lines of he's been trying what, what came out of his mouth um, when asked a question about the United States team is he's been trying to overperform and it's been hurting his performances. Um, he, he's finally starting to realize they have a much stronger team and it's not necessary for him to go out there and score a hat trick, a game or two goals or whatever it might be. Um, kind of, contrary to when he came into the national team at 18, 19 years old, he basically put the team on his back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We missed out on the world cup uh, for 2018. And if it was him, we might've came in like seventh place in that, in that, in that, or actually I guess six, cause there's only six teams back then, mm-hmm. but like it was, it, it was that bad. Yeah. Like, it, for him, it's like, how often as a 19 year old, do you literally have to take an entire national team say, Hey, I'm the guy at this point. And he performed admirably. Mm-hmm. Now he's starting to realize, hey, I have I have dudes around me. Like I got Wes, I got Musa, I got McKay. Like the list goes on and on. Like they are a talented bunch, and I think it's better off for him because he's he doesn't have to take the load on his shoulders anymore. He can play a little bit more freely. Granted, yes, when you need someone to step up, I'm hoping it's him, right? Like he's our guy. Like he's mm-hmm. he's like the kind of the, like the the golden boy, whatever you want to kind of call him. But um, what do you, what what else do you take of his comments? I, I think it's a good thing. Yeah, no, I do too. I, I think in, in Pulisic's case, he's kind of a victim of the history of American football. Um, when you look, To your point, when you look at these other teams in the past, um, you know, we had teams with Howard, Dempsey, and Donovan, major superstars in their own right. But when you look at the United States history and the players they, they've produced and who goes over to these massive clubs, no one has ever reached the heights that Pulisic hit. He was the first player to really move to a major European club and actually get game time, game in, game in, game out. You know, um, and I think that that definitely does take its toll. Um, he, it, it, he, I don't want to attribute obviously the rise of, you know, America's interest in in football to Christian Pulisic, but it's obviously a major part. 
making that move from Dortmund, a world-known, world-renowned team, to Chelsea, a, a massive superpower in the European stage. A bigger um, following over in the U.S. too. Yeah, it, it obviously elevated to a new height that no one else in U.S. history, men's U.S. history, has ever been at. So he had a lot to navigate. And I think, to your point, that was kind of the problem for a while when he was this young kid coming up, trying to do whatever he can to get the team through. I mean, at, at 19 years old, this kid was how to try to drag us to um, the World, the World Cup. Cup. <laughs> but now you're right. You have a Weston McKenney on Juventus. You have a Serginho Dest on uh, Barcelona, a Tyler Adams on RB Leipzig. It, it doesn't have to be that way anymore. And I think part, part of the reason, too, is the form that he's in at Chelsea with the quality that Chelsea have right now, too, in those wide areas where he's not getting the minutes that he'd like to in his injury fitness levels. He um, might be trying to force it on top of that. He exactly. 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 So I, I like that he came out and said it. Like, it's good to recognize that you don't have to do everything. We have the, we have the personnel now. So, you know, hopefully he can take a little bit of weight off his shoulders. I do. I do too, man. I, if he, when, when over this last window, when we watched him play, it felt, I'm not gonna say he was stressed, but it felt uh, heavy. Like something like what was weighing down on him and, and, and stuff like that. And then you saw the goal and the breakthrough a little bit like in the Honduras game. But um, it's not the guy we've seen in the past. Yeah. Hoping he gets back to that. Do you think that 15 years from now, when we look back at Pulisic's career, it's going to be judged on his individual performances at club level more or what he's able to do for the national team, given that, United States had just gone through a massive rebuilding period and missed the World Cup and the World Cup coming in to the United States in 2026. Probably a national team. National team? Yeah. I, I feel like a lot of players are judged on that level. Like, look at Messi. He's achieved everything at the club level. He just doesn't have yeah. the World Cup. Yeah. And how often does he get, he get shit on for that? Same, same with Ronaldo, I guess, too, but at least he won a Euro, uh, Euros. Yep. Um. Just going over a couple stand-up performances that we saw. Burr Halter will not be happy about either one of these. John Brooks, man of the match performance in a 2-0 win. And then Jordan P. Falk, also man of the match performance in a 3-1 win over uh, Basil. Um, had a goal and an assist in a three-minute span. Played all 90 minutes as well. Um, I actually was looking on Twitter. Eric Reinaldo um, mentioned something about John Brooks in one of the games over the summer. Gave some type of look at Burhalter. I forget if he was getting subbed off or it was after a play or something like that. And since then, apparently, that's when he has not been called back into the team. I don't know. I have I'm a tough curious time to if believe there's in that. a more of a reason than what we th- initially thought. No, I I think that's blown out of proportion. I, I mean, I think case in point, you look at how he handled the Weston McKenney situation. It doesn't seem like he's a man to hold grudges. I mean, if you wanted him to play, he'd call him up. They I mean they would have talked it out. He doesn't seem like that type of guy. Um, I, mean, I think it's more, more of a screw over on the team. Brooks and him might have an individual riff though, too. Not not saying what you're saying is wrong though. By any I means, get like, it. yes, he he seems forgiving enough to to let people back in. But it, it's just interesting that how he is. I think everyone would mutually agree are probably our best center back on the team, and he hasn't been in the last two windows. I think you'd have to look what happens when the world cup qualifiers are over and we know whether or not we made it for those matches. If he's going to bring some of these guys in who haven't been getting a look recently because of, if he wants to keep team chemistry or what have you, um, if then he doesn't bring Brooks in. Yeah. It's probably something a little underlying <laughs> going on between them. But until then, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't read too much into it personally. Gotcha. 
I'm curious. I I, I like that kind of stuff. Let's get him on the phone. <laughs> we should. Let's just let's just call him. Let's just DM let's him. Let's, number. let's just answer him. Um, and then P folk, man, dude, if he doesn't get into the next one, I'm gonna be really pissed. We like, go I, I, we I, talk I, about him. Like it. There's no reason. Yeah. Put him in the fucking squad. Um, heading over to the Premier League though. Big week for a lot of teams. Let's just kind of go run through them real quick. Newcastle took all six points with wins over Everton and Villa. Ten of their last 12 points earned. They're out of the relegation yep. zone, have a four-point gap now. We're not going to say they bought their way out of relegation, but, like, they didn't not. See, I'll even go a step further. They have 12 of their last 15 points. Do they? Okay. Three wins and two draws in the last five. Good thing that's 11. No. Three wins is nine. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's late. I'm working my ass off today. <laughs> it's we're been clipping a long that one, day. posting that to YouTube, baby. Okay, either way, we're wrong. It's 11 of 15, then. Vito is not drinking <laughs> either, guys. That was just poor math on his part. Um, yeah, no, regardless, that's a great five. That's, I'm not, I mean, that's, I don't have their schedule in front of us, but I'd be hard pressed to say that's not their best five game stretch of the entire season. Yeah, no, I, well, but by far, not even close. Probably the yeah. last two years. <laughs> like, Two seasons, that's, Premier League seasons. Let's go with. That's mean, but probably yeah. true. Uh, Man City kept pace with Liverpool, extending their points gap over Chelsea. Two wins and two. Four win over Norwich. I think a 2-0 over Brentford as well. Against, you know, bottom you know bottom half table teams, but still. It, the way champions are is you win those type of games. You don't you don't leave them up to chance. You take you take maximum yeah. points for anyone that you should. So Especially since especially since technically they're nine points above Liverpool because Liverpool have a game in hand. It just keeps like that mental pressure mm-hmm. on them that it's oh it's not six really if they win the next game it's it's nine right now absolutely uh southampton actually had a really good weeks uh went over spurs massive result for them uh, especially away from home and a draw against man U picking up you know just some points against top half clubs that you would have picked them probably to lose both games so realistically yeah. they probably would have been happy with two points a draw and a draw but going home before yeah what what to you what was their better performance because both were, were superb comeback victories, like resilient, resilient affairs away from I thought home. I, I, I honestly could I could have seen them getting three points also against Manu. So could I. I was thinking the same thing while I was watching that match. I was like, this could easily tilt in their favor at this point. Granted, with that being said, Man United had numerous chances to put that game away, but it's their fault for not. Damn right. Um, but yeah, no, definitely the Spurs result, in my opinion, coming back. Uh down what was it two one and i think what in the 75th 80th 82nd yeah so late on so that, that's awesome for them yep um arsenal game against chelsea got postponed where they picked up three points against fellow european contenders wolves um they got three games in hand they ha- they're almost in like the spurs situation we'll get yeah. to them a little later on but um if they won out right now and chelsea won their next game and everyone's sitting there at all with all their games played like they should they're only two points behind chelsea mm-hmm I've, I've been thinking I think about they, are, they would be sitting ahead of Man U at that point as well in fourth. Yeah, we'll we'll get to Spurs too. But I was when I was you know a week or two ago before they started picking up more games to play, I was looking at the same thing with them, and I was like, dude, they're not that far off if you think if you look at the games in hand. Like, and I, both of those teams I think are are able to win three games in a row. So, yeah, and they took three off three three points off of Wolves as well. So that's massive, especially going for they're they're gunning right now for Europa League as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Liverpool just kind of mentioned it before, but they kept pace for Man City with wins over Burnley and Leicester. They're rolling as well and just keeping the pressure on. Probably the only other team left that can uh, potentially swing a title. Yeah. Uh, some middle of the pack results for some guys. Leicester they drew with West Ham, and um, who did they end up losing to? 
It was uh, Liverpool, right? Yes. Yeah, they, they lost Liverpool 2-0. Yeah. Um, poor – I almost wanted to put them in, like, the, the, we, we call the no bueno category on here at a bad week. But um, it was a late draw to West Ham, too. Like, they really should have taken three points off that one, so. Yeah, I think that's the only reason I put them middle of the pack is because they went down really early in that West Ham match, and West Ham are a good team. So to claw back two goals and just about almost snap it at the end, I think is a better better run of form for them than what we've been seeing them all season. You know, I mean, obviously that defense is still an issue, but it's been, it's kind of been for a while. Yeah, um, Chelsea, you know, games this week they got postponed against Arsenal due to the Club World Cup. Wolves three out of six points, as mentioned, they lost against Arsenal, but they did win against Spurs. I think it was two nil. Um, great, great result for them again against a team that's competing for Europe as well. So they have a tough five game schedule. We kind of mentioned it last week. Um, it's not going to get any easier from coming up. Everton lost three, one to Newcastle, bad result, but they ended up winning three nil against Leeds as well. Um, which is right. You know, basically they're right next to each other on the table at this point. So good result there. Frankie Lamps gets his first win. Was it first win or did he win in yeah, FA Cup? His, no, it was his first win. They lost that match against like lower division tier, lower uh, yeah. tier side. Correct. Correct. Um, so yeah, good for them. Gets off the mark and maybe spur something for them. Who knows? I mean, we've been saying it all year long. We don't think they should be down there just given, given how much talent they do have, but, um, the Premier League is a weird thing, man. Weird beast. Love it. Menu two draws. They shouldn't, uh, shouldn't have had to start off last week, but they did get a two win, two nil win over Brighton today. And they're up to fourth in the table, which did not look likely for like the last month and a half, two months. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that's a a pretty fair estimate of that. Um, obviously both these teams are having their issues at the at the Brighton and United that is having their issues, but it's going to be a big week for United, I think, coming up. Who they got they, they really need to start stringing some together. We keep talking about these games in hand, and their performances haven't looked great. But with Champions League, obviously they're Manchester United. They want to perform on that 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 platform but more importantly they have to they have to start what's the word i'm looking for here consistent their their consistency is just they're consistently inconsistent basically what i'm saying and it's 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 kind of worrying to see i i can't imagine that they're going to extend um oh my god what's their coach's name the manager uh, uh, Ragnar. Rag, Rag. i can't imagine they're going to end up extending Ragnar. they're going to be looking at pochettino or someone else come summer i think but uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's rumors and talks from what I've read, at least in the news, um, that they the the players aren't liking him in their system. Yep. And I don't want to I don't want to take this as a direct quote or he basically called them out for being soft. I don't know the exact wording that he used, but he said they got to kind of step up their mental fortitude and uh, deal with the stuff that he's doing. So definitely a rift in the locker room. If they can somehow grab fourth right now with the season that they're currently having, all the power to him. That's an incredible feat. Yeah. Speaking of rumors, I think one of those that came through was Ronaldo was dissatisfied, dissatisfied and was looking to leave. Yeah, I got, I got actually got alert. It's funny you say that on ESPN today uh, about a couple of teams that were calling for him. It was, it was like PSG potentially, I think Byron was on there, and then all of a sudden AS Roma. That's weird. Yeah, I was like, uh, okay. I thought him and Mourinho didn't like each other, but whatever. <laughs> At that point, I was like, just come like enter Miami, bro. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> come on. Uh, moving on, he had West Ham, uh, mentioned they drew to Leicester, but they also had a win over Watford, which is good for them. They're another team, if you want to call them consistently inconsistent, they just they have good results and just poor ones at the same time. It's the reason they can't grab that fourth spot in the Champions League right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brighton won over Watford, lost to Manu to start this week. You know, they picked up max points that they could last week, so it's good for them. Um, basically cementing their spot mid-table. 
can't seem to make a push into Europe like we thought maybe in the beginning of the year, the way they started. Yeah. On to the clubs that had a bad week. Spurs, obviously, biggest one, in my opinion. Two bad losses, Southampton and then the Wolves. Basically erasing the games in hand that they had were that were what we described as a very good advantage to them in the table. And now it seems like they just kind of shit that. Yeah, they need to turn around. After, you know, they had that managerial bump when Conte got in, and it looks like that faded away pretty quick. Uh, obviously, those signings, while they have looked decent in the matches they played, and obviously they need time to get acclimated to the, you know, the new team and new players and whatnot, it's, the honeymoon phase is definitely over. And they, they know they have some rebuild to do, and they need to get firing if they want even a remote chance of making it, given, the way you know, given some of the other teams that are ahead of them. Yeah, if you do remember the, the season they spent with Chelsea, though, and then they did he, I'm pretty sure he won the FA Cup as well, as long as the Premier League that year. Um, it wasn't up until I want to say December mm-hmm. he switched to three back system with the wing backs, and then they went on like a ooh, like 13, well, 14, game, 13, yeah. 14 game unbeaten run. Um, so it's definitely possible. Like, listen, his system and his play style and, and his tactics, they might not start off great right away, but when he when his teams are flowing. Dude, they they are flowing. <laughs> it, it it goes well. So yeah, give them some time. They have the right coach there. Once he gets a few more players in the positions that he wants and kind of feels up the squad a little bit more, I wouldn't be too concerned. But if they are trying to make a push or anything, especially European spots this year, they do have to pick it up for the, the second half of the season. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully the board gets behind him and they learn from their mistakes with Pochettino when not backing their managers. Dude, that goes back way before Pochettino as well, though. I, I know, but I'm just I'm thinking about it in a sense where if you're ever going to back a manager, Antonio Conte's that guy. And previous to that, they should have backed Mauricio Pochettino when they when they had the chance, and they didn't. And now they're they're seeing the fallout from not doing it then. So no, absolutely. You're good. Of course, I'd be yawning right there. The worst possible timing. Um, I have a men's league soccer game in an hour. Great. Um, it, dude, it goes back all the way to when Gareth Bale though. Like when they sold him, they brought in like just. Five, six, Nine seven guys, <laughs> mediocre players. Though. No one that yeah, was like yeah. that could replace someone like Baylor. They thought like Soldado was gonna do the trick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like a thirty-two-year-old Soldado was gonna gonna yeah. bang in fifteen goals that year. Oh, love them. Mike's having an aneurysm right now. Probably. <laughs> Villa lost to Newcastle and had a three-three draw at Leeds. Not Stevie G's best week in charge. Probably his worst. It's actually taken over, but um. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't look too too deep into that one. That that happens this time of the season. So they'll, they'll get back on track. Uh, Leeds, just like I said, just as mentioned, they had a draw. But then they also had a 3-0 loss to Everton for not the best-looking result on the table. Um, reading into that too much, where is they're just going to survive the rest of the year? Because I, I think the bottom three teams are almost solidified at this point, and they just they can't get out. But not the, not the season we want to see out of them. Yeah, I, I think actually out of everything last week, for me, that might have been the biggest result, given where both of these guys are right now. I mean, I, I, like you said, I, I don't think you should read too much into it because the chances of Norwich, Watford, and Burnley, who Norwich in 18th have 17 points compared to Everton's 22, who are closest, I don't think they're ever going to get catch them. I just don't think it's going to make a difference, to be completely honest with you. But with that being said, these are the two most out-of-form teams in that bottom half of the table, in my opinion, the outside of the relegation zone, that is. And, yeah, and they just, this and was like a statement for Everton. Yeah. You, like, 
how many more results can leads have like this before they have to think about BASL's management change? I'm, I'm always drawn when it comes to manager, like 50, 50 with this, where as results compared to what goes on the locker room behind the scenes and the players, if he hasn't lost that locker room mentality, it's, I understand, I understand firing someone off results. So I'm not saying that they're not important. Course, that yeah. They 100% are. But clubs will go through rough patches regardless of who's in charge, the team in general. Like they don't have their leading, their leading goal scorer. And I think even assist last year with Bamford in there. So their, their best player is out. Granted, should people be stepping up? Yeah, like Rafinha is playing pretty well right now. And there might not be enough talent at the Premier League level for them to overcome such a big loss, though. Yeah. So we sometimes see firings come or sackings, firings, whatever you want to call them, come too soon. He, he's definitely borderline. But if the players are 100% bought into his system like they all are, and they're there for that specific reason, switching a manager and completely change up the play style of this team that he's built, I don't think would be the right answer currently. Yeah. Very least end of season. They're so – the guys that he has are so built to play the exact style that he has. You either have to bring in someone exactly similar to him, and I don't know what that would change, or you let him last the rest of the season, and you revamp the squad in the summer. Yeah. I don't I, – am I wrong reading it that way? Like, I don't no, see – No, I, I get it. I, I, th- I think that's, for the most part, spot on in what I'm thinking as well. I it's clearly a problem with the players at this point um, because like you said, tactics haven't changed. Majority of the, the squad personnel hasn't changed. They just need to, they just need to bring in some new fresh blood, honestly. It's just, it's disheartening when you see throw three nil constantly or just some scoreline like that. And worse when you see it to Everton too. But yeah, exactly. Tough. Uh, Burnley lost Liverpool, but picked up a point against Man U. Crucial for them, sitting at the bottom of the table currently. I don't think no one's boyfriend, Sean, will be able to pull this one off this year. This this one seems a little too far past. Uh, yeah, past it's a bit out of their reach at this point. If they do, credit to them. It's going to be a hell of an end of the season and a cool run the, to follow. But yeah, it's it's looking bleaker and bleaker for them. Um, but listen, from what they've pulled, like for the last, I don't know how long they've been there exactly, but this is a six, seven seasons, whatever it's been, five, I don't know. Um, what he's been able to do with such little funds and backing and the squad that he's had, still a great run for them. Yeah, definitely. Um, Watford, two losses to Brighton and West Ham, not helping their relegation chances by any means. Um, Norwich, same as well, lost against Man City. Uh, but they did draw to Crystal Palace, picked up one point. Not bad, but you got to start picking up three consistently. It, if you want to keep pace with what Newcastle is going to do, uh, you got to get some dubs. Yep. Uh, Crystal Palace, pretty poor week by their standards this year, in my opinion, but also not on brand either. Two draws, uh, but unfortunately to Norwich and Brentford, two teams below them in the table, um, where I feel like they should have been picking up more. Yeah, they'll be def- definitely disappointed with that. Um, I think if you if you came out of here and said Palace picked up three of six, I think it would be okay. Put them in the okay category, but a draw to a Norwich team that just, I mean, seemingly can't find the back of the net ever. Um, and when a Brentford team floundering is the way they are, I think it's definitely disappointing for the way that Vieira has set his team up to play and what we've seen from them at certain points during the season. So they'll definitely not be happy with that. Yeah. But I mean, we've mentioned it on here before. I know for a fact, at least I know I have, I'm pretty sure you have as well. They're a very young team. We, they're uh, going to yeah. go through growing pains. They're not going to have a, a perfect season by any means. You can see that by the results and how many draws they have. Um, yeah. To me, it feels like they're going to have a lot of growing pains this year. And I'm really excited to see what they're going to do next year. Truth, truthfully. 
Yeah, I'm especially to see how they're going to fill that Connor Gallagher size hole in that squad once he leaves they the club. They got to sell out. I listen. I don't think Chelsea's going to get rid of him, but they have to sell out to get that man. Yeah, definitely. He's a midfield engine for them. Uh, and then last on the list, we got Brentford. They just mentioned draw Crystal Palace, and they lost the tuna loss to City. Yeah. Um, disappointing to see, man. They, they had such a hot start to the season. They were like the the, the storyline, them brighten up top there, and it's just I, I'm I'm looking for more out of them. Yeah, I, I agree, but I think if you if that that start to the season, I think is going to pretty much guarantee them to remain in the Premier League. So I think if that that was the end goal at the beginning of the season, then mission accomplished. Well done. Um, yeah. So, you know, yeah, it's not great, but I mean, you expect a loss of city. No one can beat city at this point. You know what I mean? It's nothing, nothing against Brentford um, and picking up a point against, in my opinion, probably a better palace team is, is a fair result. So I don't think it's a terrible window just considered who their opponents were, but it's one out, based of, on points, one out of six. Yeah. Yeah. Based yeah. on points, it's tough, but I, I agree. I, if they had three out of six, I would, they would have been a great window for them. Yeah. Agreed. Um, let's go, let's go ahead and just kind of touch upon some games for the upcoming week. Some, some big, more notable ones. Um, obviously we have Man City and Tottenham, Conte versus Pep. Um, what do you, what are you feeling for this one? I, I mean, how could you pick anyone but City, given that Tottenham have lost three of their last Premier League matches in a row and City just can't even let in a goal, let alone have a loss, you know? Uh, sounds like Tottenham's do. You, I don't know about that. I mean, Tottenham <laughs> on their on their day can turn up, and you would never put it past Conte to pull out a um, you know a tactical managerial masterclass. That's who I'd be betting on more right now. I wouldn't be betting on Tottenham. I'd be betting on Conte. To pull, exactly. Pull right about that. Yeah, but I mean, simply put, man, this is this is a must must win game for Spurs if they want a chance to make the top four and make it into the Champions League. This is a must win game. If they don't. That's four losses in a, in a row. Like you mentioned earlier, they're, all of their games in hand basically evaporated at that point. This, and this, this past week was the one in, like that needs to be like a six-pointer or like a four-pointer, and they got Yes, done. and a minimum three. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, then you're starting, starting to look at it like, okay, you're level on games with Wolves now, and you're behind them on points. You're level on games with Arsenal and you're behind them on points. Like it, it starts, the mountain just is, has gotten this, the incline has just went to the roof. I mean, if they lose this game against city, where do you put their odds of making the top four? It's tough. So right now they're sitting at 22 games, right? And then right. the majority of the teams that play everything, uh, they're sitting at around 25, right? So technically they have about three games in hand right now. Right. If they went out get all nine points, they're sitting with 45, one above man, U, or two, sorry, two points above man, U, sitting in fourth place. And then um, still below Chelsea, but Chelsea's a game in hand. So technically, they'd be maybe like five points back of them. But they would be sitting in the fourth fourth spot. Um, assuming a loss against Man City, because I think that's pretty much what everyone, everyone should be predicting. They're sitting at 23 games played, 36 points. Level with games on Wolves, one point behind them. Right. At yeah. that point, even two wins afterwards would only sit them roughly... Roughly about where West Ham are. Fifth, yeah, fifth place at best. Yeah, um, and that's assuming the teams behind them don't win. Yeah, especially because Arsenal is also sitting there with 22 points and three points ahead of them. Or sorry, 22 games and three points ahead of them right now. Yeah. So, yeah, it's this past week was I thought brutal to their their chance of a top four push. If I'm them, I'm uh, I'm looking at European. Yeah, European, I think they definitely should still be looking at it. But like last week, we discussed um, out of those five teams fighting for that fourth place: West Ham, Arsenal, Wolves, Tottenham. Sorry, four teams. Um, well, five teams, but United. We said who had the best chance to make that last fourth spot. And I said, I actually like picked idiot. Arsenal. 
which was surprising even to me, but (laughs) I mean, they they are playing much better, much better brand of football right now, without a doubt. And our tech, they have a nice young squad. Um, if they can figure out a number nine situation, I, I think they'd have a legit push to there. I think they'll fall just short because of that situation. But yeah, by the eye test, if you're, if uh, it's, it, it's tough. Like, dude, you look at Tottenham, Wolves, Arsenal, West Ham, Menu. All of them we could say are consistently inconsistent, as you said earlier. Yeah. That's a, that's a crapshoot trying to fucking predict right there. Especially because you can't predict three games in hand that Arsenal have over United and West Ham. Right? Like, it's, Ah, that's it's, tough. It's going to be a fun Arsenal end Chelsea. of the year when all these games start piling up, Steve, and we get to see like the table just start fluttering back and forth because all these teams are making up the matches. I know. I can't wait. It's also, it's, I hate it too. It's, it feels like it's not like a true table by any means. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I'm with you. Man City win. <laughs> Tottenham. It's not panic button time, but dude, you got to pull some results. Yep. It's tough. Imagine uh, what would have been if it wasn't for uh, Burwine pulling out all three points against Leicester City. Oh, my God. Imagine a loss that. in that yeah. match. Holy crap. We, we'd be singing a different tune right now. Would they be below Brighton even? Um, yeah, they would yeah. be on goal differential. Holy yeah. crap, they'd be sitting at what, ninth? Yeah. Damn. Oh, thank that man. thought he almost pulled it off again. Though, uh, the other I told her I was off sides. <laughs> oh. I was like, get the hell out of here. No way he's going to do this twice in like a month. That would have been something. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, moving on, Wolves-Lesser, another big uh, storyline there. Again, two teams pushing for European hopes. Um, I have a tough time not backing Wolves in this one. Yeah, I, I do too. I, I think it's a as big of a match as Spurs is against City. I think for Wolves, this match – is probably one of their larger ones because we talked about it last week, how tough the Wolves run of schedule was. It was like Arsenal, Wolves, Leicester, Arsenal again, West Ham in like five game span. And of all those games, you, you, you need to pick up three points. It's against this Leicester team. Like great. A three points against Arsenal would be fantastic. And obviously against West Ham too, three points are great all the time. But to me, and tell me if you think differently, if they don't win against Leicester, that almost becomes inconsequential because you got you have to pick up the points against a team that you should be beating. When it's that tight, yeah, it 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 definitely is. Um, I mean, listen, they've been on a serious run of form. I'm not gonna put the Arsenal result behind them. I mean, they beat Man U, uh, then an FA Cup game, but then they took down Southampton, Brentford, teams they should be taking down. Um, lost to Norwich, unfortunately, but that was also in a cup game as well. Yeah. And then they lost to Arsenal. So a little bit of a rough patch, but most of it was in the cup matches. Um, but if you're talking about a grinded out game, like Wolves, their, their style of play really is. It's those 1-0, 2-0 kind of games. It's very rarely a high scoring right now. Mm-hmm. I It's just tough to, to say Leicester can pull that off. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Wolves are going to take this one, and I actually think they're going to end up beating Arsenal as well at the Emirates in the following match week. That'll be interesting, honestly. That that's gonna be a huge. That's gonna be a massive game for the table, right there. Yeah, see the five points because they're only two games behind right now. Yep. So, um, yeah, it's tough. Oh, dude, they're all playing each other. It's a great time. I know. Such a, it's gonna be such a good month. <laughs> oh God. Kind of touching base. Um, two teams on the opposite end of the table right now. Leeds versus United. It's kind of it, it's an interesting one though because they've they've had some absolutely high scoring affairs recently. 
Um, and in the beginning of the season, United put an absolute ass banking on them. Um, they're back up the fourth end table, as we mentioned. They've they've struggled dramatically at certain parts of the season. What? I'm trying to get the right words to put this. Obviously, they got to win here. If they want to cement, they want to get something going. They have to pull all three points here. Do you see them holding on to that fourth spot? No, I, I no, I don't actually. No, not not at all. Um, I don't think it's going to work out for them. To be completely honest with you, I think the teams behind them are playing too well, regardless of the star power in that United team and the fact that they've played twenty five games compared to all the teams behind them, and they're still this close on a point on a point basis is incredibly worrying. I mean, if you if they picked if they won both those games, which they should have last week, then yeah, I would probably say they're probably they're they're sitting pretty. I mean, it's a long season. There's still what 12, 14 games to go, you know what I mean? Um 13 games to go for them. Anything could happen. But at this moment, I don't think they make it. I think they end up in 5th. I don't think West Ham's strong enough to hold on to to 5th personally, and I think Arsenal are going to end up pipping that fourth spot. It's United um, probably in fifth there. What, what, what needs to change for them? I, I mean, it's obviously a lack of goals so is part of the problem right now. Ronaldo's not firing, <laughs> but it, where, where are they going wrong? Goal scoring, manager, clubhouse, locker room. Damn near everything, no? Thank God for David De Gea, I guess, right? <laughs> He's been the only Bailing him out. person in the last year. Ah, damn, I... What's going like the fact that so much is going wrong in their season, they're sitting in fourth. I feel is also a testament, though, at the same time, because good teams win ugly. Yeah, but would they be there without the games in hand? I I don't think so. And that changes the perception. Mm -hmm. I mean, let's not forget, like, we're we're talking about the Wolves schedule. Here's United's schedule, including Champions League, Atletico Madrid, Watford. City, Tottenham, Atletico again, Liverpool, Leicester, Everton. Like that's that's just about as tough as it gets right there. Yeah. They're one of the only top quote unquote top six clubs who haven't played uh, the other top six clubs as frequently as you know some of the other teams have. Like they have the most games against these bigger opponents still. Yeah. I- do you think Ronaldo just got to put him on his back? That's the only way I can realistically see them grabbing the fourth spot. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It, it's just it's a it's a one man show at that point, and he just says, "Follow me to like the promised land." That's literally all all that I can or, see. That or Harry Maguire gets some defending lessons from Cialini on on his off days, but uh, I mean, I'm not even sure that would do enough. Can you still imagine? Can you still imagine spending that much money for 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 him? I thought it was nuts when they did it in the first place. I, that's always that's always been just on a side note. That's always been something that's baffled me in cup competitions, um, the international cup competitions. You saw it with like James Rodriguez in the World Cup and then that exuberant fee, right? And you, with Harry Maguire in the Euros that year. And I was like, dude, this guy is not good enough to command that fee. He had one decent tournament. You're going to base an 80 million pound signing off of five, six games in the tournament? Like, come on. Teams do, do it happen. Like you just said, you, you just rattle off a bunch of names. It happens all the time, though. And like you see these massive international tournaments that they perform on such a big stage. Yeah. You, I don't get it. 
like I, I do get it though. It's like it's that it, like you think a guy like Hamas, right? For instance, which his early time in reality, if I remember correctly, actually was pretty strong, but then just yeah. like and faded off. But you would imagine I perform extremely well for my national team at the biggest stage possible. Why shouldn't I buy into the hype of that? I just have trouble just Harry. I think Harry's a much different situation. I I I thought that was ridiculous. I thought it was absurd. <laughs> What? But when but when you watch the goals and someone like I mean we're going deep back here in the 2014 World Cup, but you, when you watch some of the goals that Hamas scored for Colombia, tell me he didn't look like a star in the making now. Yeah, I I I would get behind that, but it's also he went to a team with power in Real Madrid when there was when they were just about to start hitting the um the back to back to back Champions League, you know what I mean? Um, so it's obviously a lot different than coming to a team like United where the pieces clearly aren't together at this point. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know. I, I'm just. I was just going on a tangent, but yeah, it's ridiculous what they paid for him. Yeah, it, it's. I'd be throwing up right now if I were them. Feels like highway robbery. Yeah. Um. Then last game we kind of want to cover West Ham versus Newcastle. Typically, this I wouldn't really throw this one in there, but given Newcastle's recent form, ten out of twelve points, eleven or twelve as Vita likes to say, out of fifteen. Um, hand up, my bad. I'll be. <laughs> um, and Newcastle's inconsistencies. What? Are you putting a Newcastle result out of the question here? I'm not. Result, yes. Draw, no. I As good as the form they were on. Wouldn't that be the reverse way? Well, what I think, you think a Newcastle result? Yeah. I'm saying result as in three points. I don't okay, think I, they'll I be was, able to I pull was, three I was points. even just taking a point there. Is, oh, is, no, yeah. It's draw. I definitely think it's a possibility. West Ham, uh, you know, are kind of like we said, hit or miss. So anything can happen when any team plays them. And yeah, when you come against a team that's in form like Newcastle, I think it's definitely good, a definitely good opportunity. But I, West Ham's the home side; they know they need to get points. They're going to be going after it with everything they got. I, I think I think a draw would would be probably a decent a decent pick for this match. You thinking the same? I, yeah, realistically, if I was picking, I probably I probably pull a draw here. Um, okay, and I wouldn't be shocked by Newcastle winning at the same time. They've they've been on a roll. Um, like we mentioned earlier, they they've got themselves out of the relegation uh, troubles. They're up four points, I think, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Do you think a win against West Ham basically cements them as non relegation candidates anymore? Because I I mean, making that assumption that's on in my head, Norwich. Early to do He's that. Not winning games. Like, Watford's not winning games. That puts them like six or seven points clear of the drop at this point now. And not only would they have to not pick up points, you have to also think about the teams below them. Would they get the points? I think that's enough of a gap for Newcastle to make those signings and being in the form they're in. To, they're, they're, they're out. That's it. Hmm. Hmm. You know, um, it's a little early bold prediction, but I think that would be – you would look back on the season and go, this was the game that firmly took them away from that drop potential. Yes. I, I it, like, it, it is very early to make that assumption, but like, yeah, it's hard to say no to that. Right. Oh yeah. No, that's. <sighs> I think it's possible. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm betting the entire state of, Whatever country owns them is hoping so as well. But 
Okay, let me give you the reverse question then. Out of okay. all three teams, Norwich, Watford, Burnley, do you can you see any of them going on a on a ten point out of 12, 12 possible run? No, I can't. No, and I, I think that's, that's the my point right there. Yeah, I I don't. I trust the fact that the three teams below them won't do enough to make up a six point gap. So at yeah. that you know that stage. So I mean we'll we'll see. Like you said, it's a long season. It's the Premier League. Anything could happen. But that's that's an early read on this match. If they can pull it off, I think they're safe. They can breathe a little lighter. I, I'm I'm with you on that. Reluctantly agree with that. But yeah, they. I can't see ten. 10 out of 12 points by any, any of the other bottom three guys. Yeah. And I got a couple of the other matches we didn't touch upon because obviously we're just looking at the big ones. So I'll write them off real quick and just quick you know, prediction. Uh, we got Arsenal Brentford coming up first. I think that's not a lock for Arsenal, but I think they should walk out of there. Maybe two one winners. Definitely a revenge game after the opening uh, match of the season. Uh, yeah, yep. no, Arsenal definitely. Yeah. Brighton and Burnley is going to be an interesting match. Both teams can't score. Both teams are fairly strong in defense, but um down in brighton i think there's enough i think um what's, what's the manager's name jesus potter potter a great grand potter will do enough i think they'll, they'll get out of there with three points as well uh agree probably like a one two no result but i, I would not be shot that burnley somehow pulled off a no no draw yeah liverpool norwich i think we can just skip over that one i think it's going to be a slaughter um oh, yes yeah yeah Palace Chelsea is going to be interesting because when they played earlier in the season, that was a three Oh win for Chelsea, but, uh, but it was not really a three Oh, not for comfortable. Chelsea. Yeah. With that being said, I think Chelsea will be able to do enough to pull out all three points here without running into too much concern. It'll be tough. They get three points, but it's like a two one. And I don't, I don't see it. A three, three nil was very flattering result for them yeah. um, last time around. Crystal Definitely. Palace easily could have took points uh, on that game. If not one. Mm-hmm. And then yes, we have Aston Villa Watford. I think this is a match where Aston Villa coming off two back-to-back terrible performances, say the least. Uh, Watford has to be licking their chops, hoping to get a couple points and try to make make that jump up a little farther to give themselves a chance at uh, avoiding relegation. But mm-hmm. I don't know if they're going to have it in in them for this match. I think Stevie G writes the ship. Yeah, I think so too. And that would pretty much take us through the entire the last couple of games for the week, but. Tough one, man. This table is weird looking, and I hate it. But so I also love it at the same time. There's so, so many different. It has so many different potential outcomes. Like moving forward. Yep. It's it's gonna be it's when those games start coming back to pile up. It's gonna be really really interesting. Yeah, especially considering the, that most of the teams in the top top of the table, Chelsea, Liverpool, City, they've played almost every game that's been available to them so far. I think Liverpool missed one. And and Chelsea missed one, um, and that other than that, they played everything. United's played just about everything, so it's it's mostly those middle table teams or the bottom half of the team, either relegation area or fighting for Europe, and like that, that that makes it even like in my opinion so enticing. Better, yeah. It's like who gives a shit about the race at this point? I mean, like let's see who's gonna qualify for Europe. <laughs> nah, I, I I agree with you. It'll it th- honestly the reason I think it makes it so much more fun to watch like to watch like that that fifth through nine spots right now is those teams are so evenly matched on any given uh, on any given game day that it's like yep. i don't know who's getting three points who might be taking out a draw here who might be pulling off an away win whatever it might be any one of those teams so wide open the other one yeah so it, wide open I, I 
you could you could those five teams if they're facing each other, you might as well flip a coin at this point in time. Yeah, I'd I'd randomly just bet draw on all the games. Yeah, just hope <laughs> that you win. <laughs> like, yeah. like what else? There's, there's just I don't know. It, yeah, so much. I love it though. Any other kind of uh, final thoughts though about the uh, the league in general? Something about the United States team? Anything? No, uh, I'm just kind of fingers crossed that over the next couple of weeks, we, you know, some of our bigger players can do their best to avoid injury. Um, knowing that March is the end all be all, man. We're only no, we're crazy. only about four weeks away from from knowing what's going on. So yeah, we're what 10, 10 months away now from a World Cup. It's a winter one. Yeah, it's well. I think it starts in the beginning of December, so really closer to nine. Nine and a half. We'll go meet you in the middle. Actually, November maybe, whatever. But yeah, it's so weird, man. Put it back in the summer. Just get some air conditioning in those freaking fields. For real, dude. It's so annoying. I hate it. This doesn't feel. It's not gonna feel the same. No, not at all. It'll be nice, but like part of the fun of the World Cup, like other than the fact that it's the World Cup, is not having an off season from soccer. Well, well, yeah, I mean that too, but also think of it like for just from a TV uh, standpoint, like at least here in the States, all of our other sports are off, right? Yeah, it's just like, football. Well, basketball's on. Basketball's finishing up the playoffs, same with the NHL. Baseball's yeah. the only thing, and God knows who the hell is watching that regular season. Like it's, it's at that point, it's, it's all eyes, World Cup. I'm watching every game every day. Yep. You're right. Baseball's done too by October, so. Well, no, no, I'm, sa- I'm saying if it was in the summer. Yeah, baseball's done in, at the end of October. Okay, you're not understanding me. I'm saying when the World Cup is in the summer. Oh, oh, shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I hear you. Okay, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, yeah. Everything else is off. It's actually yeah. more unfortunate that it's the way it is right now because basketball is just starting. Hockey is just starting. Football is in the, like, their prime time, like, I was last couple December, weeks of the yeah. season. My bad. No, I agree. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, it's it's in a way worse, for, especially for TV scheduling purposes. And then the fact that it's in Qatar, dude, like, what? USA games are going to be, what, 4 o'clock in the dude, morning? Dude, it's going to be a bitch to watch those games you might as well just stay up pain in the ass i'm about to be nocturnal for a month (laughs) i hate the time zones man what are you gonna do that'll do it though for this episode of the sunday league screamers podcast like comment and hit the bell subscribe to us on youtube itunes spotify and wherever else you find your podcast give us a follow on twitter at the sl screamers underscore pod for daily tweets about the show world football and united states men's national team i'm your host of today's show steve with Vito. Signing off.